0: hello there my friends this is bill allen coming to you live from downtown tyler texas a very muggy tyler texas Uh, you would think it was raining outside the humidity's been so high these last several days and we're in the upper 90s but uh, others have it hotter and uh, others have it worse and i get that so thankful for our blessings and glad that uh, you are one of my blessings today by being a part of this uh, Study. We're looking through the uh, wonderful devotional book, daily devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest, very challenging and encouraging book from Oswald Chambers, classic in the daily devotional stuff and i'm glad that you're going to be joining because today we're looking at a pretty familiar passage it's matthew 7 verses 7 and 8 and it's that passage that says ask and you'll receive uh, seek and you will find great songs we have from those that knock and it shall be open to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it shall be open to them so a great promise from Jesus, a great challenge for us to, uh, to ask and to seek and to knock. But as, uh, as I've been looking through these last uh, readings from Oswald Chambers over the last week or so, he has a few days running where the title of the chapter is Getting There. And so that's the, really the question of this lesson. You know, we all know that if we ask, we'll receive. If we seek, we'll find. If we knock, it'll be open to us. That's the promise from Jesus Christ himself. But how do we get there? How do we get to that point to where we're really seeking and honestly asking and, and uh, knocking on that door? And how do we know what, what that looks like? Well, that's a few, different, a few days of uh, devotions. Uh, this week, and so I wanted to, to kind of share with you some of the things uh, that uh, That I've learned over the last several days of readings from this great devotional guide um, One of the scriptures of course is uh, From James chapter 4 where it says you do not ask because you you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss and there are some that, uh, you know, there's passages from James that says, you know, you do not have because you do not ask. And even when you do ask, you may not receive it because you're, you're not asking very faithfully. So how do you get there? How do you get to that place where you're seeking the right things and you're asking the right things and you're knocking on the right doors? Um, I, I think what that means is you're just asking for yourself. You're looking for things that are basically what you want and there's nothing wrong with wanting things, nothing wrong with communicating that to God. But if that's all we ever do, then that's, that's just not good. Uh, our, we ourselves have become the focal point of our lives and that's not the way God intends us uh, to live. Have you ever sought God wholeheartedly? Seek and you will find. Well, another passage in the Bible says, uh, from Isaiah, they will seek me when they uh, look, they will find me when they seek me with all their heart. And that is the question. That is uh, the question. And it's more than just our experience. Uh, Chambers writes, are you thirsty or are you complacent and indifferent? So satisfied with your own experience that you want nothing more of God. And then he says something that I think is is very wise. Experience is a doorway, not a final goal. Isn't that great? Beware of building your faith on experience or your life will not ring true and will only sound the note of a critical spirit. I think that's such a, a great thing. Experience is a doorway, it is not the final goal. And we don't build our faith or build our life on our experience because our experience is limited. It's not only limited in time and space, but it's it's also limited in uh, value and truth. Sometimes we experience things that we might think are true and are part of the ultimate purpose in life, but they're, they're really not. And so we want to knock on the right doors, and God has promised that it'll be open to us. We want to seek the right things, and Jesus has promised that we'll find them, and we want to ask for the right blessings. And those are the things that we will uh, receive. So how do you get there? Um, Chambers writes, the questions that truly matter in life are remarkably few, and they are all answered by these words, come to me. Jesus said that in Matthew 11, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, burdened, and I will give you what? rest. If there's anything in our lives today that we really need, it's rest. It's rest, to rest our minds, to rest our worries, to rest our physical bodies, uh, to rest our emotions, our burdens. Jesus has said, if you will come to me I will give you rest. Bring your burdens to me, he says. And that doesn't mean that we just pour everything to Jesus in prayer and then go out like we don't have a responsibility or a care in the world. Again, James writes, faith without works is dead. So don't just believe that Jesus is going to take care of all your issues. Um, You can do your part as well. But ultimately, our trust is in the Lord. One of our shepherds and I were talking just a few moments ago, uh, my friend, Galen Siegler, wonderful, wonderful, godly man. And we were talking about the state of the world today and and what a concern we have for our children and our grandchildren. Uh, and a concern for uh, all, our, all of our lives today, right now. And that's when, you know, we, the bottom line is our trust is in the Lord. It's not in any political leader, not in, even in any nation. As wonderful as this country is, and I hope it will be for a long time to come, uh, that's not where my hope lies. My hope lies in Jesus Christ and in the wonderful sacrifice that he made for me. And so the Lord says, come to me. A, a part of getting there, of being able to ask and seek and knock, is uh, to, to come to Jesus. Have you done that? Have you gone to Jesus? Have you been baptized into Christ? and let his blood wash away your sins, just like Saul of Tarsus was told to do uh, by Ananias after seeing the Lord on the road to Damascus. Um, And so, you know, as we think about getting there, uh, there's no circumstance of life in which we cannot abide in Jesus. Jesus said, come to me. And John, he said, if you abide in me like a a branch abides, abides in the vine, you'll bear much fruit. That's a part of getting there. A true disciple is one who has given themselves over to Christ. And now we wear that name of Jesus as, uh, not as a proud thing, but we wear it as something that um, grants us great blessing in the midst of our humility, knowing that we don't deserve any of the things uh, that we have been given. Uh, Perhaps the opposite of humility is pride and pride is the sin of making self our God. Jesus told the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector and uh, the Pharisee was very proud and arrogant about his religiousness, religiosity, and uh, the tax collector couldn't even bear to look at heaven but just prayed God forgive me a sinner and Jesus shocked everyone who heard. He said, that, that great religious leader that you admire so much, that's not the one in this story that went home justified, but rather it was that outcast um, tax collector that everyone hated. Uh, we come to Jesus because uh, that's where uh, all the blessings flow. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Um, that's that great doxology. Uh, one of the greatest hindrances in coming to Jesus is the excuse of our own individual temperament. We make our temperament and our natural desires barriers to coming to Jesus, as if He wasn't strong enough to overpower those. I've heard many times people losing their temper, and they say, "Well, you know, after they cool off, you know, that's just the way I am." Well, no, that's not the way you are. That's the way you allow yourself to be. But I can't, I, I, I can't help myself. Okay, then get help, get help. Whatever your burden is. If it's a bad temper, then get get help learning how to control uh, your temper. Um, if it's pornography, then then go to a counselor, go to someone a trusted friend or church leader, and and get an accountability partner and a plan uh, when those urges hit you. Um, if it's drinking or drugs, or um, if it's a, a desire to turn away from studying God's Word, then do some things that will get you back into living the way God wants you to live. How do you get there? Well, you get there by taking the right steps. If you're, if you're, you can't ever get there if you don't take the steps. One step at a time, that great old hymn says. And I love the way that uh, Stephen Covey, one of his seven habits, I'm going to be using that book for a sermon series this fall. But one of the things that Stephen Covey says is that begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. So as you start today, imagine where you want to end, and then ask yourself, what do I need to do right now? What do I need to do today to get there? That's how you. That's how you work on getting there. Um, th- there is uh, uh, that great passage of scripture in Romans chapter twelve, verse one, uh, that says. Uh, that we are to present our bodies, uh, give ourselves as a living sacrifice. And there's much to be said uh, for that. Uh, We seek God, we ask for His blessings, we knock on that door and He opens it. He opens it. And so now what? Then what? Well, then we give ourselves totally to Him. And for some, such as the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul and others, in the first century, Stephen, the first Christian martyr, James, the brother of John, the first apostle killed for the faith. For some, uh, present your bodies as a living sacrifice means actually giving your life. But for most of us, uh, thankfully, uh, our desire is to serve the Lord in our lives. And that's where we are called to um, move forward In the way of the Lord on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Chambers writes that drudgery is one of the biggest um, threats to continuing to move in the right direction and to give our lives over to God to seek and ask and knock. Um, Peter tells us that we should be giving all diligence that we should be concentrating and and putting our our nose to the grindstone as it was but in spiritual matters. Uh, We, uh, God has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Everything we need, Peter says. But he says you don't stop there. We are to add to those things. Uh, Add to faith, virtue, into virtue, knowledge, into knowledge, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, love, and all of that whole list. We're to keep adding them and, uh, and then we are to keep adding to them in increasing measure. That's one of the incredible things that we read about in scripture is that we continue to grow. And that's the way a living organism does. If it stops growing, then it dies. And so we are to continue to do that. Uh, Chambers writes that uh, drudgery is the test of genuine character. (laughs) That's a challenging statement, but he says more about it. Drudgery is the test of genuine character. The greatest hindrance in our spiritual life is that we will only look for big things to do. And granted, sometimes there are big things that we're called to do. Some are. Um, But really not very many and not very often. Not very often. And even Jesus himself, who did the biggest thing of all by giving his life on the cross, before, just hours before that, he took off his clothes, put on a towel, got a basin of water, and went from one smelly apostle's foot to the next and washed their feet. Well, that really wasn't a big thing. In fact, that's something that the lowest servant would have done, but nobody was there. There was no servant there in that upper room that night. And certainly none of the apostles were going to do it. I'm much bigger than that. I'm much better than that. And so the Son of God himself did it. Well, we, we can do that. The key is the, the first part of John 13, when it says Jesus, knowing who he was, where he had come from, and where he was going, he was willing to do that. You see, when you're secure... In yourself about who you are and whose you are, where you've been and where you're going, then you can do those things that others might say are drudgery that are, oh no, that's too boring for me to do. Well, that's being a servant. Jesus himself came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. And now that we are his disciples, we are to follow him, right? Isn't that what he said, follow me? And so we follow him down that life of being a servant, to present our lives as living sacrifices, to ask, how can I help? Uh, To seek ways to serve, to knock on people's doors, asking them, what can I do uh, to help? Uh, There's no uh, constant, uh, continual thrill that we go through, but rather it's common everyday tasks that God calls us to do and it's in those ways that we glorify Jesus perhaps more than any other. Don't always expect God to give you his thrilling moments, those mountain peak experiences such as Jesus had on the mountain of transfiguration. Uh, That was one of the few moments where that, that incredible moment took place, and where he was transfigured before them, and and Moses and Elijah were there, and it was a very impressive thing, but for the most part, Jesus' life on this earth was just one step at a time, one foot in front of the other, on those dusty roads, uh, asking people, how can I help? Uh, that's, that's our call, I believe. Our call is to do our duty, not for duty's sake, um, to not to get a check mark on our checklist, but because I believe God is behind those circumstances. And it's his will that's being accomplished, not mine. And I want that, I want to be a part of that. Uh, I want to be able to take the steps I need to take to get there, to get to that place where I'm asking and seeking and knocking in all the right ways. And I'm coming to Jesus as he said, come to me. Um, Jesus does not ask us to die for him um, in the way that Peter did. Uh, And Peter said he was ready, and I don't think he was when he said that while Jesus was uh, in that upper room with him, but later he would be, and, and he did. He did. But Chambers makes this great point, and I agree with it, and we're nearly done with today's lesson. It is much easier to die than to lay down your life day in and day out with the sense of the high calling of God. I tell you, we've been watching Band of Brothers. Uh, We recorded that when it was on a while back around the anniversary of D-Day, and um, boy, that is a hard, hard series. It's not for the faint of heart, but there were so many times when those men would get into a place where they knew uh, that they may not survive, but they did that uh, for the sake of others. And that's an that's a, a incredible thing to do. Jesus says, no, there's no greater love than to give your life for your friends in John 15. But I tell you, as hard as that is, it could be even harder because you have to do it long term to live day in and day out in that same sacrificial spirit. Uh, we're not made for the bright shining moments of life, but we have to walk in the light of them in our everyday ways in those days that are filled with drudgery, with tasks, with service. Um, Jesus in that Mount of Transfiguration that day, it was was a a tremendous experience, but then he came down and what did he do? Went back to work, (laughs) back to the drudgery, back to the dusty roads, back to the people that were crying out to him to help, to heal, to bless, all of those things. And that's our lives too, and we do that with great joy. And a, and a desire to serve because that one who is the eternal, almighty son of God did that for us. Uh, Jesus laid down his life for 33 years in ministry every single day. Not just on the cross, but every single day. And now he has called on us to do the same. Uh, John writes in verse John 3, by this we know love because... Jesus laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for each other It's always interested me that John doesn't say lay down your life for Jesus because that's what he did for you But rather he says because Jesus did that for you. You are to lay down your lives for one another Um, Jesus gave us everything by giving his life on the cross and in doing so he gave that message Uh, Those of you who are burdened and tired and weary, come to me and I will give you rest. Ask and it'll be given. Knock and it'll be opened. Seek and you shall find. I hope that you can get there. And I hope that today, in fact even this very moment, that you will take a step or two um, to do that very thing. Uh, My dear cousin Gail is on the line watching with us. And it was her birthday yesterday, so happy birthday, Gail. Uh, Gail and my cousin Keith Allen are wonderfully faithful in watching these, and it gives me such great encouragement, and Eric and Cindy Mosley and so many others as well that don't say ever ever say anything about it, but that I know they're there, and occasionally they'll thank me at church. It's a great, great blessing. And I appreciate that so many of you are willing to ask and are willing to seek, and are willing to knock in all the right ways as we together seek to get there, to eternal life with Jesus. I pray that today that you'll take the steps to get there. I'll see you on Thursday.